This is The First Years, a podcast about the unicorns of American agriculture, first-generation farmers, and the guts, grit, determination, and business prowess required to be one. Welcome to this week's episode of the First Years Podcast. I'm pretty excited today to chat with um, a farmer that I connected to via email. He actually saw this podcast and um, was super encouraging about uh, sharing stories of beginning farmers, uh, first-generation farmers. So I invited him to be on the podcast and share his story as a first-generation farmer. So Jacob, um, you are farming in Illinois right now. Tell us about your farm. Yeah, so we farm in kind of west central Illinois. Um, we have a corn soybean rotation, I guess, or farm. Um, we also run a couple hundred head of uh, commercial uh, cow calf operation. So, um, so kind of got a variety of things going on. So you didn't your farm didn't start out that way though. You started your farm. I read working for a neighbor right out of high school. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, so um, so I guess, you know, to kind of get the rundown of it, so both of my grandparents farmed, you know, they farmed their whole life, and um, I guess just being with them um, on their farm, you know, helping them or whatever, um, that kind of, I think that just instilled maybe a, a love or a passion for farming, I guess, that uh, I never could shake. So uh, so before I could gra- before I graduated high school, um, um, like both both my grandparents passed away, and the, the entire family farm was sold. Um, you know, all the equipment was gone. The land, you know, I'd say eighty percent of the land was all sold, both sides. Um, my my dad purchased just a little bit, and I had some aunts and uncles purchase a little bit too. But you know, there I was. I was in high school, so I wasn't. Uh, you know, here I was, maybe the only one that potentially was wanting to do anything, but, you know, I still had a lot of uh, time ahead of me. So um, uh, I worked for, worked several jobs. I worked for, you know, several different farmers. Uh, One farmer in particular, you know, I worked quite a bit for. He was a pretty close neighbor. We went to church with him. Um, My senior year of high school, I rented 80 acres of pasture. Now, you know, here, here I was, I, I, you know, I basically rented this, you know, pasture because I had helped this (laughs) other guy. And um, I didn't have any equipment, um, didn't have any cows, didn't have nothing. I knew I needed to buy cows to put on it. Um, it was just, mm-hmm. you know, pasture and hay ground. So I went to the neighbor that I was working for and told him, you know, hey, I rented this pasture. You know, I'd be interested in maybe renting your equipment or whatever. So um, long story short, we kind of became partners. Um, um, I would do the labor, and then he would provide the equipment, and then we would trade it back and forth that way. So that worked great. In the course of four or five years, um, you know, me going through college. So I was going to college full time during that time. We, I kind of worked into his entire operation. So it basically all what he, he'd accumulated. And then we started renting pasture together. Um, you know, we, you know, kind of, um, you know, we were running, you know, a couple hundred head of cows and, um, you know, doing quite a bit of hay. Um, I didn't rent my first. So then I, I kind of did the row crop ground, you know, on my, I guess on my own too, kind of that was the same way. So I rent it, would rent, uh, started farming my dad's little field that he had. And then I farmed for my aunts and uncles and rented some other ground. Um, and then I would do the same thing with uh, my neighbor. I would, you know, he would plant it for me and harvest for me. And then I would either trade him back in, you know, calves or just pay him mm-hmm. to do that for me. So 
um, it was a, it was a long road because I start I was starting from nothing. You know, I hadn't I had um, you know no financial help at all. I was just you know mm-hmm. kind of doing it slow and doing it on my own. So um, so that worked out well. And then I also obviously I still worked other jobs. You know, full time other jobs. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was a it was. I guess, I guess it was a it was a long road. I guess I could talk for hours probably about all the everything that I did, um, you know. But I was I was very blessed, you know. I feel uh, very fortunate to be in the situation I was in. I feel, uh, you know, the good Lord was watching over me and you know, kind of everything that was doing. Um, but it was just, uh, you know, it is possible to you know kind of get into it. I know it's so much capital and there's so much so much equipment to do and land to purchase, but, uh, you know, a guy can, a guy can farm these days, you know, you don't have to have the nicest stuff to, you know, be farming. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I got the best equipment, but I got, you know, very, not very good equipment to get the job done. You know, I have about 1200 acres of corn and soybeans today. And like I said, we have a couple hundred head of cows and several hundred acres of uh, hay ground that we, you know, bale and chop silage or whatever on. So, um, mm-hmm. So I guess uh, kind of a, I guess a unique situation, a unique road I went down to get to where I'm at. So how did you go from, you know, you lease that pasture? How did you grow the acres that you are farming now? Like, like what steps yeah, did you yeah. take? Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, I learned, you know, I never, you know, I took pride in, you know, never taking away, you know, never trying to go to neighbors, other far- neighbors that were already renting stuff from farmers. So it was just kind of word of mouth. So the first pasture I rented, uh, the guy was, I had helped him because he had had cows and then he retired and, um, he gave me first chance to rent his farm. Um, another farm, um, the guy saw what, you know, kind of, we were close neighbor friends with him and he saw that I was trying to farm. So he wanted, wanted me to farm his ground. So a lot of it is, was, uh, was farmers that, you know, either retired, um, or, um, kind of a unique situation on one the the tenant one of the farms I was farming the tenant actually um <laughs> went to um had some difficulties the other guy farming it and that's how I kind of got into that so mm-hmm. um you know and then obviously you know any ground that would come up for bids or whatever I would always place my bid and you know hope for hope for the best I guess um sure um, yeah it's, it's really grown a lot so right now I have about 23 different landlords right now so um, a lot of a lot of landlords are kind of removed from the farm. You know, a lot of them, you know, maybe their grandpas farm the ground, or they're kind of removed from the farm. So I, I think just keeping you know good communication in with them, um, and then also it's been kind of word of mouth. You know, if you do if you do a good job for one landlord, um, you know that's you know if if the neighbor calls up and says, hey, I like your the way your place looks, you know, you know who's farming your ground, you know, and if that landlord can speak you know highly of you. I mean, that's going to put you in the best position to possibly rent, you know, their farm someday. So I right. think that's where a lot of that's come from. I know, I know I've rented, you know, four or five different farms because of that alone. So, um, okay. um you know, I, we do, uh, we're very conservative with the ground. We, you know, practice, we're a hundred percent no-till, um, you know, with corn and soybeans. Um, I'll try to plant my corn on the on the strips of the anhydrous and you know we try not to work the ground at all because we know how you know devastating the rains can be and to wash the soil and keeping the soil where it's at you know we pride ourselves with that and then in combination with our the manure from our cattle sheds and from the cattle you know i feel like uh, and then using cover crops in with that i feel like we're doing a good job you know conserving the soil and 
and the landlords could sure. do that. So I, you know, I attribute to some of that to the, you know, success of, you know, accumulating some landlords. So, yeah. Um, Very cool. Um, I always think it's interesting to hear, um, particularly when a farmer grows by word of mouth, um, because, you know, landlords have lots of options when deciding who's going to farm their land. So that's a mm -hmm, testament to mm -hmm. you and to your yeah. ability to maintain yeah, the first thing relationships. I'll tell, you know, when I meet with the landlord, I'll shake his hand and they're a potential landlord or if I'm bidding on a piece of property, first thing I'm going to tell them is, hey, I, uh, I'm not going to be top dollar. <laughs> I, uh, I, I straight out tell them that because I, you know, there's, I know there's so many more people out there, you know, that will give, you know, more, more than me or whatever. I mean, I can't see how they're making it work. So I just, I just tell them, I said, I know, I know I'm not going to be your, the top dollar, you know, to give to your farm. So I, I kind of feel them out, you know, if they're looking, if a landlord is looking for top dollar and that's all they care about, then, you know, I don't, I don't want to farm the ground. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess I kind of, <laughs> I guess I kind of weed them out that way, I guess. So, yeah. um, you know, it's the, you know, I'm maybe I'm farming, you know, I'm getting the landlords that are, that really care about their farm, you know, that want somebody on their farm to do a good job. So, um, so I feel like, uh, that's kind of where that's gone, I guess. So. Yeah. So you have beef cows too. And one thing that I read about, about your farm that I thought was really interesting is that you're raising your calves and, um, steers and hoop houses. Can you talk about that a little bit and why you decided yeah, to do that? Yeah. So in 2000, so Brent, the, the guy I'm partners with on the cattle, he built a hoop barn in 2011, I believe it was. And so he finishes out a lot of calves, not with me, just he does that on his own. And um, so he put up this hoop barn, and he put put the calves. From, so when we wean, we put the calves in there, and they are in this hoop barn until they are fattened for market. And we found we found such good success with that. So the calves were eating basically. Um, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's somewhere in this neighborhood. So the calves are getting fat on ten bushels less of corn. Um, they're going to market one month sooner, and they're weighing almost a hundred pounds heavier than if we had them outside in, you know, like a dry lot or whatever. So, one, that's just great, more efficient, and two, that's good for the environment, and then three, you know, we're able to collect, you know, 100% of the manure because they are completely confined. So it was just a great thing for him and for his farm, and I kind of thought, you know, I, I'd wanted to do the same thing for our farm, so um, I got to look in at some different options and um, kind of went to the NRCS and worked with Equip um, to kind of, to build the building that we put up at our house um, we put up a 52 by i believe it's 352 um bright span uh, hoop building and um so in that building i got five six different pins um I, and part of it i kind of do the same thing brent does I, I finish out my part of the calves um and then in the center we're calving out you know bringing the mama cows in and calving them and mm -hmm. i got calving pins so you know they're completely i'm taking the environment completely out of the situation so you know if we have a snowstorm in february and i'm calving i'm kind of not affected because the cat the cows are all inside so right. that's uh that's been you know kind of really really nice for our farm to just kind of take you know have that building and to use that and to collect all that manure um in the first year that i had that building i covered over 80 acres with a manure so i mean that's been you know Obviously, that's in the future. That's just going to be great for our farm. To you know, potentially, I could be that much less fertilizer I have to buy. So um, right, and it's great for the soil health and everything else. So, so do you think? Do you think? Um, you know, some 
some beginning farmers say that because there's no pressure to do things like maybe dad did or grandpa did, that they're more willing to innovate. Do you think that that played into your decision to build that hoop house? Yeah, def definitely. Um, you know, especially, you know, uh, you know, I'm my, I guess, you know, I'm kind of my own boss, you know, but in, in turn, you're your own, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, if something's going to work or not work, you know, you're the first one to see that. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, some people say, you know, about no-till, you know, so there's a big, I don't know, around here, maybe, maybe 5% of the guys are true, maybe no-tillers around our area here, you know, so, so 95% of the guys are still, you know, working the ground to some degree, you know, not as hard as they would, they were, but they're still working the ground. So, I mm -hmm. mean, I guess, and, and my, both my grandparents were, were guilty of that. They, they worked the ground and not necessarily that's a bad thing, but you know, it's, you're more prone to more soil loss, more soil erosion I mean, anytime you work the ground. So, so just picking up on that and then picking up on cover crops right away. And, uh, we're also doing, you know, we use biologicals for, um, in furrow for our crops and we're seeing you know great benefits with that um, I mean yeah I think uh, I think it would have been you know not that not that I'm successful or anything like that but it's just definitely helped me that uh, um, you know I didn't have anybody not not that a grandparent or a dad would be holding you back or anything but uh, right you know it's just kind of you know I guess you're learning for yourself and you learn real fast what works and what doesn't work, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, when you were getting started, did you get any pushback from other farmers in the area that maybe, you know, thought that you should be doing things the way that they like to do them or that you weren't, you know, you weren't following, oh, yeah. I guess, the traditional yeah, I mean, yeah, path? You're always going to have the comments, you know? I mean, I know I, a piece of property that I purchased, you know, they, you know, kind of like, um, so I, I follow like Randy Dowdy a little bit, you know, so Randy Dowdy farms in, I believe it's Southern Georgia and the first farm, Randy Dowdy's a first generation farmer too. So he was the first, I believe he's the first farmer to produce 500 bushel. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think he was. Um, so hmm. he's in, he ended up jokes. He says that this farm that he produces 500 bushel on, he says the farmers made fun of him because he says the only thing it was good to, good for is holding the earth together. And, uh, oh. um, so some of the farms that I farm, you know, some farmers have made comments about, you know, I probably shouldn't be farming that or whatever, but, uh, you know, we've done tons of NRCS projects, putting dry dams in, you know, doing different things to conserve it and, uh, finding sure. good success with it. You know, I'm raising, you know, I raised just as good a yields on that rougher stuff. And sometimes on an average, sometimes it's almost better than my flatter black soils, um, just because the too much water doesn't hurt me like it would on a flat black piece of ground. So, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, so limited water probably will hurt me more, but, uh, it seems like most of the time anymore with these genetics, it seems like, uh, too much rain is more of a bad thing anymore than too little rain is what, what I've been seeing, sure. you know, at least the past five, six years. So. Yeah. What's the worst advice you ever received when you're starting your farm? Um, <laughs> The worst advice, um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, so I had the opportunity to rent some ground one time and I, uh, I learned real fast that, you know, whenever you have an opportunity to rent ground, you know, don't, don't talk it over with nobody, just keep it to yourself and, you know, just, do, <laughs> just either do it or don't do it. So I, uh, I was talking it over with some farmers and, uh, um, 
Um, they said, you know, there's no way you're going to make it at that. You can't make it like that. And, uh, um, you know, for what the rent was going to go for. And, um, you know, looking back on it, I should have just rented the piece of property, you know, for what I was mm-hmm. thought, what I thought was a fair value on it. So, um, just, just how everything worked out, you know, so. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess technically I lost ground because I listened listened to other people's advice. I guess so. Yeah. So don't do that. So I guess you know you just kind of got to do your own thing and and be smart and you you got to have a good relationship with your bank. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. you know I felt like um, you know the bank has you know obviously been a big part of you know with me as I as I grew you know talking to them. And, Mm-hmm. Making sure we were all on the same page. Um, all farm income was huge. You know, having having another job, and uh, me and my wife got married. We got married in 2012, so she was a teacher up until this year. Um, so that's been that's been very nice to help our help us grow. Um, we're mm-hmm. actually expecting our third child, so I think she's gonna. Oh. We're doing October, so she's gonna stay at home at least for maybe this year a little bit. So awesome, very cool. Yeah. Um. So the question that I ask everybody who comes on this podcast is, um, you know, to what do you credit your success? Do you think that it's skill, you know, your, your ability to, to manage land well or to uh, manage your business well or, or your ability to, um, you know, make sound business decisions? Or do you think that it's luck? You know, maybe you, maybe you started at the right time. Maybe you were able to capture you know, the high grain prices of 2012 or, um, what do you think, to what do you credit your success? Yeah, well, I just, I feel like, you know, obviously, you know, the good Lord has, has blessed us tremendously, you know, I feel like if it wasn't, obviously if it wasn't for him, you know, it would have gotten nowhere. Um, so we're, mm-hmm. you know, very grateful for that. And, uh, um, to, to, to answer some other things is obviously not luck. I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm not a lucky person or nothing. I feel like it has nothing to do with that. It just, it's putting yourself, you know, trying to put yourself in positions to do stuff. And, uh, you know, as you're doing stuff, don't make enemies along the way, um, you know, do it, the do it the right way. Um, even if it takes longer to grow, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to farm since I was, you know, I guess since my grandparents passed away, you know, I was always wanting to farm. So I guess it was, uh, you know, just kind of a, I didn't really, I don't, didn't really consider my, I don't really, didn't really consider myself a full-time farmer up until just a couple of years ago here. So, um, so I really mm-hmm. think, um, you know, just kind of, you know, working through all the, all the hurdles and, uh, you know, it wasn't the high grain prices of 2012 wasn't it because I only farmed, I only farmed a couple hundred acres in 2012. So I didn't mm-hmm. start, you know, every year I just kind of grew a little bit and have grown, you know, every year since. Um, I don't yeah. feel like that's it either. I just, uh, just, you know, trying to do a good job and trying to raise every bushel I can on every acre. Um, you know, that's why I feel like no-till is so important just to try to conserve that moisture. So that way when you do go two months without rain, it doesn't affect you as much or, you know, having cover crops in to loosen the soil and, to give you a better organic matter and microbial activity in the soil to, you know, create more P and K for your crop. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen all that stuff pay. So, um, I just I feel like it's just a combination of things, and um, um, it, you know it is possible. It's definitely you know if somebody's out there, you know that doesn't farm, or their parents didn't farm, or they don't have no financial help. There's tons of things you can do. You know the the USDA. You know I, the first piece of ground I bought obviously was with uh, um, beginning farmer loan through the USDA, and I think every state has that available. 
and that's something you know every young farmer needs to look into and possibly take advantage of because it is good to get a you know large you know low interest loan i mean that that was Mm -hmm. that's huge so yeah definitely Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Um, Until next week, guys, this has been The First Years.